You're listening to Hey Man, the advice podcast for men. I'm Avi Klein, and I'm joined by Sam Graham Felson. And welcome to our first episode. So um, you texted me a few months ago and with this idea to um, start a podcast that would be an advice show for men. And um, uh, I just like the idea right away. I'm not quite sure why yeah but um we've been friends for about 10 years longer than that maybe 15 years yeah and um and one thing we've we've joked a little about with each other is um how hard it is to just have a conversation without two elements one beer and two a basketball game on in the background and um you know so I thought it would be a fun kind of challenge to uh, try to have conversations without those elements. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much what we're going to try and do, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's funny. It's like it's not just with you. I feel this way with like pretty much all of my guy friends, no matter how close I am to them, um, that I need like an excuse or a prop to uh, to just chat about stuff. And um, I don't know if you if you feel that too, but yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, we were supposed to actually record this last night. And, and I did end up seeing you last night. And the first thing you invited me over and I told you that actually I had really wanted to hang out and I didn't text you. And I feel like that kind of says it all. <laughs> and by the way, I invited you over to watch NBA play. That's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so, you know, I think, I think hopefully this show will give us an opportunity. We're going to have a bunch of guests on the show Lots of different kinds of men, some women too, and um, but um, and we're gonna we're gonna answer questions that are coming in from listeners, um, uh, but hopefully we're gonna be able to just talk through some of our own stuff and think out loud together and um, and kind of like you know to me it's like it's a fun like it doesn't come totally naturally to me to yeah. do this like I think it's actually a challenge like my wife. She can hang out with uh, her friends and um, with no pretext whatsoever. Like they don't even have to have a, a drink. They can just hang out and start talking for hours. That doesn't come naturally. So to what me. we're basically <laughs> saying is this show is an excuse for us to hang out with other dudes without having to uh, ask for company. We're just asking them if they'll be on this podcast. Is that <laughs> what guess, you're saying? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Um, but you know, and and look. Also, I just think. Um, it'll be fun to, uh, to, to, to try to like think through some of these hard questions that, um, are usually like too embarrassing to bring up, yeah. uh, you know, to, to our friends. So I, I again, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like a, a challenge. I think sometimes it's going to be awkward. Uh, sometimes it's going to maybe even be humiliating to talk mm -hmm. about this stuff, but that's good, you know? Yeah. And like part of what, part of what I'm excited about is to like force myself to go into these potentially, you know, uncomfortable places or places that are just like a little bit outside of my normal uh, comfort zone. You know? Yeah. And um, well, and the other thing that's like, I guess, something I'd like to get out of it is even though we're the ones giving advice, I feel like I'm really curious about how other people live their lives and like what they think they should do in different situations. And, and I'd like to know, I know what's hard for me, but I'd like to know what's hard for other people too. Totally. Um, 
I'm also excited about the idea of talking to lots of different kinds of men. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like I want to uh, hear, you know, how, how like, again, different kinds of men give advice and, you know, work, work stuff out in their own lives on the spectrum. Like I'm interested in hearing from like people who are in violent work, like people who are in the military, people yeah. who are in like professional fighters. But yeah. I'm also interested in hearing from, you know, artists and, you know, ballerinas and, yeah. you know, people who are, uh, uh you a ballerina or uh, a ballerino, I guess we can is ask there, them. Is that even a word? <laughs> um, but you know, but, 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 but people who are, uh, sort of, you know, what is stereotypically considered to be, you know, super, super, you know, masculine and people who society don't deem stereotypically masculine. I'm, I'm curious to hear from all kinds of people. Me you too. Know. Yeah. Um, so, and, 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 and also to like, you know, I think, I think, uh, I'm a, a human being, a normal guy on, on a lot of levels. And I bring a lot of ideas of like what, what dudes, uh, you know, are supposed to be like, and I'm, you know, I, I want to like kind of interrogate those ideas yeah. in myself and just, you know, just broaden my definition. So, so those are kind of some of the things I'm excited about. Agreed. Um, you know, and I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. I agree. Um, what's, uh, so, so every week we're going to, we're going to feature a different question and we're going to, um, then we're going to peel back a little bit, uh, step back a little bit and think about the bigger picture of what, what the general topic is that this question is getting at and, you know, how we've thought about this topic in our own lives. And then we'll try our best to give, <laughs> to give some advice. Yeah. Obviously, as a therapist, I'm, I'm not, um, a professional, uh, uh, you know, um, guider or, or, or advice giver, but, um, but, but I think about, um, you know, I do think about like what it, how hard it is to be a human being. Um, that's, that's what I do for a living. That's, that's what I, do as a fiction writer. I try to imagine people in difficult situations and what it feels like to be in those difficult situations and how people try to climb out of those difficult situations. That's what I do. So, yeah. you know, I'll try my best to... Yeah, and I, and I, I do <laughs> think probably one of the things I guess I'm expecting to find out from this is, you know, there isn't just one way to do things. I think I, I thought that when I was younger. So... Uh, you know, advice is sort of a misnomer here because yeah. it's not, you know, there are a lot of different ways to solve problems and right. we'll throw out a couple, but by no means do you have to listen to them. Another thing that I, that I, I am actually like, um, uh, I, I don't, I shouldn't be embarrassed to say this cause now we're participating in this, but I, I love advice columns. Uh -huh. I love self-help books. Like, yeah. I love reading all kinds of different advice books and part of the reason why is like you know sometimes i go through difficult patches in my life and i find them comforting but i also like what i've found honestly um has worked best for me is a kind of kitchen sink approach of trying lots of different kinds of mm -hmm. advice and mm -hmm. seeing which stuff works for me and you know hopefully what this show can do is give some ideas for things to try out. Like yeah. none, nothing is going to work for, for, for every, there, no, yeah. there's zero cookies cutter solutions for anyone. But, um, but you know, maybe one piece of advice that comes up on the show will be helpful to a listener, not so helpful to another, but, but I like the idea of just like trying lots of different things yeah. and, um, you know, and seeing, and seeing what works for you. Um, before we, before we 
get to the question. Um, mm -hmm. Let me ju just, since this is our first episode, um, can you just tell people just a tiny bit more about what you do uh, in your day job? And then I'll... Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a psychotherapist. I practice in New York City. Um, and I work mostly with men. And a lot of my work is really about helping men uh, rediscover their feelings, connect to their feelings. A lot of men come in with a specific problem and don't necessarily understand how they got there. And our work is to, uh, to figure that out together. And you've written a few pieces for um, for the New York Times and, and elsewhere. And yeah, I feel like the last couple of years, it's really been on a lot of people's minds. I mean, it's probably, it's definitely what men are doing, how men behave has been on people's minds for a long time. But the last couple of years, it's sort of, there's been a resurgence of trying to make sense of that. And I've, I've written a few pieces to kind of lend my own uh, take and, and what my experience has taught me. Cool. Um, and um, I'm, I'm a novelist. Um, I do other kinds of writing, um, but, you know, primarily I work on fiction. I wrote a novel that um, was published by Random House last year called Green, which is about um, adolescent boys. And, um, and the novel I'm working on now is actually uh, another novel about uh, a friendship between men. So that, that is a topic I'm interested in in yeah. my fiction. Um, before, before writing fiction, um, I was a journalist and I um, and actually worked for Barack Obama's uh, presidential campaign. I was his blogger. So um, uh, I spent a lot of time traveling around the country with him, but also just meeting lots of different people who were getting involved in the campaign from lots of different states. And um, it was a cool experience. And uh, now I'm doing something pretty different from that kind of writing, which is fiction. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I'm about. Cool. Why don't we get to our first question? Yes. Hey, man, I'm 24 and I'm six months into a relationship with an incredible woman who is 10 years older than me. I've been in a few relationships, none of which lasted particularly long, besides a relationship that spanned most of high school into college. What feels different in this relationship is the dynamic with the woman I'm in. She very much wears the pants in our relationship and in her life. She's worked her way up the corporate ladder in a competitive field, is very clear about how she wants to spend her time independently and with me. She even calls the shots in bed. For the most part, I have to admit, I really like it. In fact, it feels like this is what I've been missing my whole life. She's demanding and it motivates me to do better. And I also like the clarity in giving someone what they want. I guess this is to say, it feels like it satisfies a deep need in me. But I also feel embarrassed by it and embarrassed by how much I like it. Sometimes I wonder if I should take charge more, make plans for the two of us, but I can tell she gets annoyed and doesn't like it when I try. Is this okay? Is this a normal relationship? And how do I figure that out? I also have noticed that my friends are a little weirded out by it. They're polite, but I can tell something is off. What do I do? Signed, Soft in South Brooklyn. So Sam, what do you think about this question? What, what stands out to you? I have to admit, like... I kind of laughed internally uh -huh. at this part, which is mean. Um, <laughs> maybe not the best way to set a tone for advice giver. When he said, is this okay? Because uh -huh. I'm like, obviously it's okay to, if you like it. Yeah. There's nothing criminal about being with a woman who is, uh, who is you know, really assertive. Um, and and, and what's, what's silly about the situation is that some of your friends... Um, 
are giving you a hard time for being with, with that kind of person. I mean, um, my heart goes out to that guy, but do you know people like that who, I don't know, who are both doing something unconventional and really judge themselves for it or don't feel okay about it? Do you know anyone like that? Yes. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and right. I shouldn't say I was la- No, I get but, it. But I mean, it's more like it, of course it's, um, it's totally human when you're doing something that is, uh, you know, not what the majority of the population seems to be doing, you know, and, and by the way, for all we know, the majority of the population isn't, you know, is in a more traditional patriarchal relationship where the man is making all the decisions. Yeah. And, um, but, but, but look, like I, I try to be, uh, you know, my own person and not follow what society tells me I should do. But like, I feel embarrassed sometimes, um, and have an internal voice that's like, is this okay? When mm-hmm. I think about the fact that my wife is the breadwinner in my family. Oh, right. So you can really, oh, no, so no wonder def- you're totally okay with this because yes, it's yes. your life too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, and, uh, and she is also like, um, you know, probably not, there's not as much of an imbalance as there is in, um, soft in South Brooklyn's relationship, uh-huh. but you know, she's, she's, a, she is a very, um, assertive person. She's not at all, um, you know, somebody who lets me just like dictate all the decisions right. for the family at all. You know, I mean, my sense also though, um, without getting into your relationship too much, but the two of you are peers and there's almost like a little bit of a May, December type of thing going on here where this woman is 10 years older than him. And as I was listening to that, my first thought was like, well, I guess I was wondering if it were the other way around, if, if it was a, a, a straight couple and the man was 10 years older, uh, I think there'd be a lot less discomfort with that. But because he's the younger one and she's older, there's something that's like, oh, that's a little, there's something a little unusual about that. Or mm-hmm. like there's this judgmental part of, in me that, that might like give him a hard time about that. I, right. I could see, I see where his uneasiness comes from. Yeah. Because that is a little unconventional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the other thing is that like, um, you know, if I'm honest, I definitely like have throughout my life been judgmental of certain relationships where I feel like the man is a doormat in the relationship mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. just does everything that his partner tells him to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and again, part of that is like, uh, you know, if I'm, being honest with myself clearly like that is a gendered thing like it would i be as you know was i as bothered in the past if it was the other way around where like there was a man who seemed to be calling all the shots and the woman was like you know just nodding her head the whole time probably actually i, w- I wouldn't be that thrilled if i saw that kind yeah, of yeah that I would did, creep me out i did see those kind of re- i have seen those kind of relationships in my life as many of us have and that does often creep me out because i'm like that's we it look that feels very like antiquated. It's weird. I think it's weird in general for most people to witness a relationship that seems unbalanced. And especially I think it's just like it's sort of natural uh 
you put yourself in that person's shoes and you're like, I would never want to be spoken to that way. How could you enjoy that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And he kind of makes a compelling case for why this works for him. Right. That it's like really structured. He knows what to do. Like that feels really good. And I was like, Oh, that I could see that. I, I could get behind that. Totally. I mean, that's the other thing is that I'm, I'm 38 now or not 38 yet, but I'm going to be 38 in two weeks. And I, just the older I've gotten, like one of like the creeping bits of wisdom that has, uh, you know, um, come into my life gradually is just that like judging other people's relationships is silly because it, because people are just, people have different tastes in what they're looking for in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And like what might be distasteful to me, like might be awesome for somebody else. So like, some people like to be, um, you know, uh, I mean, even submissive is, is, is a word with like, uh, uh, it you could know, have cer- negative connotations, con- but like some people like to be in the giving role or in the receiving role or in the listening role yeah. more than being in the decider role or whatever. Yeah. And, and like, it's not like we all have to be super domineering alphas all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, so I don't, yeah. Yeah, I guess I think it's I think it's great that you know, when I've worked with couples and it's like there is someone maybe like this this guy's partner who's really controlling. If they're with someone who doesn't want to be controlled, um that feels that's like oh, there's a lot of friction there. You know what I mean? Um so if they're both okay with it, then that sounds kind of harmonious to me, right. you know, which seems nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, look, I guess to play devil's advocate, um, maybe this guy's friends are observing stuff that, um, they do think is disturbing or, you know, they do feel this guy is being like steamrolled or taken advantage of on some levels. And like, maybe that shouldn't be dismissed. And like, you know, maybe you should, he should ask himself, like, even if you like a lot of this dynamic, are there parts of it that go too far where you do feel like you are frustrated that you're not being able to, um, you know, really make decisions in this relationship or have an equal mm-hmm. voice? And, you know, if there aren't, fine. But, like, we shouldn't discount the idea that, like, maybe this guy isn't He's totally like, thrilled about, like, you know, not being an equal partner. You know, it makes me think of someone I used to work with where... They actually, I've seen this a number of times where they were in a relationship for a really long time and they thought it was great, and then they broke up or they got divorced, and then they were like, What was I doing this whole time? And and I think that's kind of a really normal thing like, people grow and people change, so this might work for you right now, yeah. And you know, you're 24, so. I can't think when I was 24, I probably also would have loved to have like an older anyone really, but an older girlfriend sounds pretty great to tell me uh, what to do and how to figure out my life. Cause that's like a horrible time in your life. Right. You know what I mean? I like had no idea what I was doing when I was 24. Yeah. Um, so I like that might be really appealing. And when you're 30, you might not want that anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And that's okay too. Like enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. My, um, I'm thinking back on like previous relationships that I've had and, um, 
some relationships have been ones in which, uh, like I felt like I was, you know, the, 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 the main driver of things Mm -hmm. and not getting much pushback at all. And that felt deeply unsatisfying, um, on some level too. And I guess what, what, um, what I wonder for the long term is whether a setup that is that is really um, unbalanced like is is sustainable in a relationship um, because there's just a part of me that feels like what what really makes like in, in my experience watching my friends who have healthy relationships watching you know um, people of my parents' generation who have been married for fifty years or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think what makes like a big part of what makes a good relationship um, seems to be like flexibility and mm-hmm. like, and also just knowing that like um, that the power dynamics can like shift and that that's okay. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. um, and what seems to make for like relationships that don't really work is when one or more of the partners is like truly, truly stubborn and uninterested in like, giving any flexibility yeah. you know i don't know so yeah i think you're i think you're on to something there but you know the the reality is that like we're not talking about this guy getting married or having right. kids or it's, anything you're just trying to make sense of is this okay is it okay to want this because it's doesn't conform with what people think and i kind of i mean i get it it's like i don't know imagine if you were this guy and you were like out to dinner with a bunch of your friends and i don't know your girlfriend like orders for you or something. I don't know what's going on in this relationship, but like, um, she's just, uh, calling all the shots. It would be hard for me to like, not feel embarrassed about that. Yeah. uh, In front of other people. I might love it on my own, but it might feel really different in front of other people. And I think he's also trying to ask about that. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm trying to think, have you ever been in a situation like that? Like, it's almost like you're, I don't want to call this this guy's dirty laundry, but it's something private being aired in front of other people. He can't hide this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I guess the, I guess like the really, like the real heart of this question is should he be embarrassed in front of his friends? Right. Yeah. To me. I mean, mm-hmm. um, because he does, he does li- like the dynamic. Yeah. So rather than even, I mean, you know, rather than even focus, like so far I've focused a lot on like the Is actual the dynamic, dynamic okay. on his, in his yeah. relationship. But I actually think that that's not where the, the heart of this question, mm-hmm. I think the heart of the question is, uh, you know, being, being ashamed around his friends. Um, yeah. And, um, uh, and being ashamed because, you know, he's doing something that doesn't conform to the norm, you know, the, the, the norm of patriarchal <laughs> relationships. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and, um, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think like, am I embarrassed that, my wife is the breadwinner in my family in front of my friends. I mean, mm. not, not really, but, but am I embarrassed if, um, like, would I be embarrassed if my, what if like every time you went out with friends, 
she was the one like giving the credit card to the waiter or something like that. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like where you're really like power. It's like obviously power. You have less power. Yeah. I'm realize uh, I'm making up a hypothetical. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not one of one of my issues. But but I'm I'm just trying to think like like uh, I don't know. I personally, I guess because I have a, a wife who is very assertive. Like yeah. I'm not bothered by that yeah. kind of stuff. But um. But I mean, I definitely relate to being um, being embarrassed. If I'll I'll here here's here's a this this is actually just a random thing, but um, it may not even be relevant. But mm-hmm. but it just it reminded me of something. Uh, once um, I was at a friend's lake house in New Hampshire. Uh, he invited a bunch of friends from high school and college to uh, spend Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And we were um, playing poker. And um, the women were off doing other stuff. And the men were playing poker. And then Sasha, my wife, wanted to come play poker with us. Uh-huh. And like, I guess there was a tiny bit of me that was embarrassed because I was like, well, like now the like solidarity of like all dudes playing poker is like a little disrupted and like now like maybe some of the like foul language might have to be toned down a little bit like i was probably thinking those kind of things but um but 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 she played and um and what was funny was like we were the final two people (laughs) and i had on on the final hand, I actually had a full house, uh-huh. and she beat me with something like a straight. I think uh-huh. a straight beats a full uh, a flush. A flush. She beat me with like a flush, and I had a full house, and um, and it was a super dramatic moment, and she won all of the money, and uh-huh. like sort of like you know, and all of my friends. Of, of course, th- these are like you know not cavemen. These yeah. are like smart guys who are like decent people, but like they were all just razzing me and be like, oh, your wife fucking dominated you in poker. <laughs> you got totally owned by your wife, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, um, and, oh, oh, but, but the punchline of all of this is the punchline of all of this is that, um, but so that, did they, we but... weren't even playing for money. Actually, uh-huh. I forgot. I think we were playing for, for like, you know, just fake poker chips or whatever. Yeah. But Sasha had like a side bet with me that it, that if she won, I would have to promise to have one like late night convo session where I stay up late uh, talking about emotional stuff with her. <laughs> That's all she wanted. <laughs> right, exactly. And so everyone was like, ah, now you have to have a late night emotional convo with your wife. Like you got owned. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's one of our, I mean, you know, it's not, I, I have a specific thing where I hate um, uh, being woken up in the middle of the night and uh, like I'm just super grumpy. Yeah. And like if Sasha sometimes will wake up in the middle of the night and want to talk about something and I'm always like, no. And I turn over and like put the pillow over my head and I'm like, go away. But the bet was that like, but that's her favorite thing in the whole world to do, which is like to have an emotional conversation in the middle of the night. Uh So she, she not only, you know, beat me at a, at a quote unquote man's game, but forced me to, you know, uh, uh, with, with her winnings to have a late night. I I like that story. There's like a Um, lot of layers there. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, but you know, anyway, I, I don't know how relevant that is to this, but um. but I, what you're sort of getting around, I think, is like, um, there's something that is potentially emasculating for this guy, yeah, right? And it's like he has the sense, uh, that his friends see it, right? And you can really only 
I don't know. There's something like being emasculated. You definitely have to have uh, a witness, right? Either imagined or not. Like you can do something not masculine on your own. Yeah. And if, if that doesn't bother you, that's fine. But if someone sees you, that's what makes you feel emasculated. Totally. Right. Totally. And, and here his friends are really. So like in my novel, like I use the adjective soft a lot. Yeah. And, and it's said in the 90, in the early nineties. And there's a lot of like hip hop kind of language in it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but the, the narrator is constantly wondering whether or not he looks soft if he's doing something. Yeah. And um, and it's about a friendship between two boys um, who do all kinds of quote unquote soft. Yeah, they things. are kind of soft. They are soft, and especially like outside of school, like mm-hmm. they go, they do like community theater together, which right, is super right, right. soft yeah. in their in their lexicon. And um, you know, and then like they have to act tough in school and like yeah. posture towards fighting and this and that. <laughs> and. Um, but but it's really about like how fun their friendship is when they're allowed to be soft, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and part of what even inspired me to write that was the TV show from like the late '90s, Freaks and Geeks, yeah. which yeah. like I was so moved by that show because really it was about the I mean these kids were losers, the geek kids yeah. they were losers who didn't have the option to like be uh, you know with the cool kids like going to the keggers and the football games mm-hmm. like. But it was almost like I felt like, God, they're so lucky that they were uncool because then they got to go home yeah. and hang out with each other and not worry about acting like yeah. masculine in front of the totally. football players and yeah. got to just do fun shit that they liked, mm-hmm. like like building model rockets and shooting them into the sky and like, mm-hmm. you know, uh watching like Gary Shandling yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And just enjoying themselves. I and I was just thinking like, like that for a little bit. Yeah. Like that's so different from like actually and, and my favorite you know, memories from high school were the times when I hung out with my friends who were, you know, less cool on the yeah. hierarchy and we just did our nerdy things together. You know, I had way more fun with them than I did with like, you know, my, my friends from the basketball team yeah. who I had to act like, you know, quote unquote masculine in front of. Um, yeah. and, um, and so I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it's, you um, sound really supportive of this part of, of soft in South Brooklyn. Like this is a good thing about you. Like, I don't know that you have this relationship with, with this woman where it's like, you really get to be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, it is, um, it is hard to go from being yourself in private to, uh, all of a sudden being in a public space and having that private dynamic exposed in front of, uh, you know, your male friends. It's kind of like one of the hardest things we all have. I mean, that's hard for all of us. Right. And, and I think what's, what is so tricky about this is, is not that he's different, right? It's that the rest of us can hide our stuff better. You know what I mean? Like that he's in a, that whatever, everyone has their things that make them weird, (laughs) right? Secretly, um, that we can just choose to keep private. And because this is his relationship, um, and it's so so immediately obvious to people, like, oh, they have a particular kind of dynamic. They can't conceal it. That's true. He doesn't get to hide it when everyone else does. Because like he could be, uh, he could be, you know, 
have a tutu collection at home that he puts on. <laughs> but there's no risk of those tutus like leaving the house unless he wants to. Whereas right. his relationship is going to leave the house yes. with him. And yeah. and um, so yeah, so so relationships are one of those. It men can like hide their softness in almost every other category other than. Uh, you know, their relationship, because that's something that like is not fully in their control. Well, it kind of, I don't know if you, do you remember this? Like, um, now I feel like I can't believe there hasn't been a reckoning about this, but like all of that stuff with Marv Albert in the late nineties, do you mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah. Like yeah. when he, I mean, I reread it recently and like, actually what he did was horrible. I thought it was just strange. Remind our listeners. What yeah. He did. So like, and who he even is Marv Albert is a basketball commentator. Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, um, and, uh, who has a really phenomenal, uh, hair piece. I would yes. add, um, and I think in the late nineties, cause I was still like yeah. a basketball, that was my first, first wave of basketball fandom. He got, um, so he was arrested, I think at a hotel in Virginia. I might get some of the details wrong, but this is basically what happened. He invited a sex worker up to his hotel room and he was wearing women's underwear and then he then like assaulted her and bit her. Um, and he lost his job because of it. But then several years later, he came back. Yeah. Um, that's the part that like, I feel like in nowadays that would, but what's crazy to me is that what I remember. And again, I was a teenager at the time, but yeah. what I remember, I even forgot that he assaulted the woman. Cause mm-hmm. what I remember was just that's all right. the shaming he got for wearing the women's yeah. underwear. Yeah. The fact that, that, that he, the story he that bit, he, was, he yeah. bit this woman like yeah. multiple times. Yeah. And that part was, was barely totally, yeah, totally dismissed. Yeah. But him wearing uh, lingerie right. was, which like, it's a, an image I don't want to have in my mind of Marv Albert in particular, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I'm just thinking about like his, you know, his secret, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, look, Eddie Murphy, who is a super Eddie Murphy's whole stand-up. If you listen to his early stand-up, which I'm conflicted about because it's fucking hilarious, <laughs> but it's horribly misogynistic and yeah. homophobic, and like just not acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not acceptable in any time, but it would definitely not fly today. Yeah, and um. And, and by the way, the, the stuff that I find really funny is like his poop jokes and stuff that, that, that isn't like mean to like (laughs) gay people or women, but, um, but you know, super hyper masculine posturing guy. And then he, and you know, I remember that was another scandal in the the nineties, right? He was, uh, arrested for soliciting like a trans prostitute, Right, right? Right. Um, so there, obviously there's countless examples of men, who you know posture or or are in these hyper masculine universes like professional sports or whatever and you know who have obviously totally different uh you know um tastes privately that that they're terrified to like bring out into the public and sometimes it leads to people you know i mean in the worst case scenario you know obviously it it can lead to some pretty toxic shit you know which i guess is is just a way of saying like I don't think this is going to make it easier for you soft in Brooklyn, but um, being clear about what you like and owning it seems so much healthier than being secretive about it and feeling guilty and ashamed about it and dealing with that by hurting people. You know what I mean? Or breaking the law, whatever you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, 
and by the way, I should clarify that obviously there's a big difference between like going to a prostitute and assaulting a sex, going to sure. a sex worker and assaulting a sex worker. Yeah. So, um, uh, but, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I wonder what, um, what should he do about his friends? Should he just hope that like by being comfortable projecting comfort about the situation, like, showing that he's perfectly happy in this relational dynamic with his partner um, and hope that like these dudes will just be more accepting or should he like, should he actually like actively be like, Hey, like I could tell you're like, you know, rolled your eyes when she, you know, ordered for me or whatever. Yeah. Like, should he address them or should he well, just kind of like, I'm also just thinking <laughs> about like um, all the different times in my life. Like, in one way, I realized the way that he framed this question, he made it sound like this is unusual, but it's actually not unusual at all. Yeah. I can think of so many friendships that have suffered because uh, either I didn't like my friend's partner yeah. or they didn't like me. Yeah. And that's actually like super normal. Like it yeah. has nothing to do with your relationship dynamics. It's about personality clashes and all of that. Right. And the sad truth, I mean, in my life, it's been pretty hard to make it work some of the time. Like, if if I don't like my friend's partner or they don't like me, then, like, we have to get together alone, and that happens way less. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Has that been your experience, or how have you dealt with that? Um, yeah. Similarly, like, you have to hang out alone. That's That can be tricky. And I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think if you don't like someone's partner... It sometimes, really can sometimes like sometimes it can end the friendship. It can. It really <laughs> they feel it. hurt and they. It's also you know. like weird. It's like you're like, how how is this the person you ended up with? You right. know, like I right. thought I knew you. Like this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know. But I really, again, I really struggle with um, the question of even being judgmental at all about other people's relationships because. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, I just think relationships are mysterious and yeah. complicated and uh, like, and it's, it's just, it's tricky to start projecting like, well, I wouldn't want that in my relationship and then just assume that your tastes are universal, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. And, uh, you know, and, and even if some, even if there is like a partner of one of my friends who seems uh, like someone I really don't want to hang out with, it doesn't mean that they are necessarily a jerk in their relationship with that person you know what i mean definitely but it's tricky to like it's hard for me to separate that because i just am like oh this person seems like a jerk why is this person with this well yeah i think i get really judgmental mostly because i'm sad like i can just see our friendship like dwindling yeah. you know and so i'm like screw you i hate you now right <laughs> you know? right right that's just it's just another it is another i mean again i don't want to stray too far from like the heart of this question yeah but I do think another thing this question brings up is something that, that we've talked about a little bit and, you know, that I also think, you know, is universal, which is, yeah, like what, um, what do you do if you are tr totally convinced that um, one of your friends is in a bad relationship? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, yeah. and uh, honestly, 
my answer is you just shut up. <laughs> I think that's right. Um, you know, because, because I mean, I'll never forget this. My dad, um, had a friend who, um, uh, from college or grad school or something. And it was a friend group to, to my dad, another male friend and a female friend. And, um, uh, the male friend was married to this woman, I guess that the female friend wasn't that into. Mm-hmm. And, um, at one point the male friend like came to them both for advice and was like, you know, uh, there might've been an affair going on or just, there was trouble in the marriage. Yeah. And my dad's posture was just to be supportive and listen and just be like, you know, I don't really have, you know, you have to go with your heart or whatever. Uh huh. And the other friend was like, oh yeah, she's not right for you. You should dump her. Yeah. And they ended up staying together. Yeah. And then like it ruined, it ruined the friendship between the person who said that they should dump her. I have to say one of my great regrets, um, several years ago I was working with someone and I really actually try hard not to give people advice as a therapist. Yeah. Um, because first of all, they never take it. And, and then you're similarly, you're sort of taking a stance and forcing them to choose, uh, do they listen to you and keep their relationship with you? Or like, like it just complicates things a lot. It's not why people are coming to me, but this one woman that I worked with, she had been complaining about her relationship for like a really long time. And, and I was really blunt with her and was like, this relationship is like not working for you, you know? And uh, she came back one more time to tell me she wasn't going to work with me anymore. Wow. Um, and I and she was totally right. Like I had really I really screwed up. Yeah. Um, that's not what she needed from me. Right. And uh, she was going to figure that out on her own, you know. And she needed a place. She needed like our relationship to think it through, not to not to make the decision though. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. I was telling you about this book that I recently read called Advice Not Given by um, this guy named Mark Epstein, who's a therapist and a, and a Buddhism mm-hmm. um, practitioner. He's a meditation teacher also. And he, he, had, he talked about how he doesn't like to give advice and how he once advised um, a young man. He, he basically told the young man that he thought that um, he might be like bipolar or something. Uh-huh. And... Um, and he's not a psychiatrist and was not like really in the, like it was not his right really to say that. Got it. And he was like, I think you're bipolar and I think you should do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, um, and the guy was like, you know, the guy and his family were like furious that uh-huh. he had like, um, just that he had like in- interjected in such a like definitive way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and he was, he turned out to be wrong. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but, it, but anyway, I think, um, so yeah, so we're in general, I think we're going to, we're going to try our best to, uh, to, to maybe like not be so prescriptive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and again, I think, I think he, he's not even like, I feel like all he's the only real, question like sentences in here with question marks are is this okay is Mm -hmm. this a normal relationship and how do i figure that out and um and uh they're polite but i can tell something is off what do i do about this he's not really um 
like he's not really asking for anything specific other than to be told like it's fine. It's not, it's not abnormal, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I could imagine someone else telling him it's not fine. So, but I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think it would be, I, th- I think, I think, um, it's certainly fine if you truly feel that it's fine. If you start to feel frustrated and like you're being taken advantage of or abused, then it's no longer fine. Obviously, yeah. you know, and, um, yeah, and relationships are complicated, and and yeah, there are, there are a lot of different ways to do it. And if it feels good to you, it's important to listen to that. And if you if that if it stops feeling good, it's important to listen to that too. There's no pressure to make this work. Like you said, they're not getting married. This right. is just about do you like this relationship or not? Well, look, there's a part of me that wonders, like, if he could just like let's say if every time they're out at a restaurant she orders for him or whatever and he <laughs> even though he does actually like it and kind of like enjoy her authority and yeah. you know and i honestly i get that like i like the idea sometimes of people ordering for me and taking decisions out of my hands yeah like, the less decisions you have to yeah, make like that can feel really good i could see that and but but let's say that like his friends really tease him about it like there's a part of me that wonders like could he just say to his partner, like, you know what? Like, I feel embarrassed when you do this. Could you, like, I like it when, when it's just us going out, but, like, could you let me order? There's a part of me that wonders, like, could he just say that? Like, would mm-hmm. it be such a big deal mm-hmm. to just cave mm-hmm. and, like, be like, I'm embarrassed, even though they're lame for being judgmental. Like, it embarrasses me. Can you just do me a solid and not do it? There's a part of me that wonders, like, yeah. would that be okay? I don't know. I kind of feel like if his friends are who I think they are, the genie's like already out of the bottle or the cat's out of the bag or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, they, if they think you're soft and they have judgments about that, um, you can't, you can't fake that and trick them. Right. They want you to be <laughs> a different person. And yeah. I kind of feel like screw your friends. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, yeah. I, I don't know. On the other hand, just to continue my devil's advocate, hat, yeah. like, um, you know, and I think this will be like something that comes up a lot in different, in different questions as we think, think these issues through, like um, I'm all in favor of being yourself and doing what you actually like and not repressing your shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Repression is bad, (laughs) but I do think that like the, the flip side of being like this, you know, individualist who's all about, going with your heart Mm -hmm. is that like sometimes you you can become so out of step with your peers that you get lonely and that you don't feel solidarity you know Mm -hmm. and if like you know um you don't think he could find like i mean i think he could find other friends who are who are more sympathetic to that you know or but that's hard too but it is it is it is hard it's not Um, easy to make friends no yeah yeah, it's not so easy to just like start Can't over swap and, ma- them out. Yeah. and make new right. And and look, and part of one of the funny things about friendship, like a lot of us are are make friends for the most arbitrary reason, which is that like we were stuck with somebody in a dorm <laughs> in college or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we've known these people for like a really long time. Yeah. And like just because they're you know, they can be broy and like make you feel bad about yourself sometimes, like maybe it you know, like that might not be a big enough reason to like want to like end a friendship. You know what I mean? Uh, given that you share all this history and all this other stuff. So I think, I, I don't know. I think it's tricky sometimes like, like, um, 
Like there are times when I think like, even though I think this thing is kind of lame and, you know, like, uh, maybe even repressively hypermasculine, uh, it, it, you know, it brings me together with other dudes. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll give an example. Like, um, I don't want to watch the NFL anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, I, for obvious reasons that I don't need to get into here. A yeah. lot of, a lot of people are not watching the NFL anymore. Yeah. But like that puts a cleavage between me and a lot of my old friends who mm-hmm. still love the NFL. And, um, you know, like I don't want to, um, first of all, like I may, I have made a mistake in the past of like my friends wanting me to be in this NFL fantasy league. Mm-hmm. And like, I was honest with them. I said, uh, you know, I'm not comfortable with the NFL anymore. I didn't say it like that. <laughs> And say I'm not comfortable with the NFL anymore. <laughs> I said I don't like the NFL. You know I don't watch the NFL anymore. Like yeah. I don't even follow this anymore. So like I wouldn't be good at the fantasy league, yeah. and I don't even want to check the stats. So like I'm gonna pass this year, right? Yeah. But they got all pissed off because they were like, "Oh, look at Mr. High and Mighty Judger, uh-huh. who's like too moral for the NFL now." And yeah. like, fuck you, you fucking, you know, like pouring cold water on this thing that like brings us great joy, like, right? For a lot of dudes, like the fantasy league is the funnest thing ever, and it's like truly, truly like a highlight of the year when fantasy time comes around, the fantasy yeah. draft comes around, and like yeah. that's something I had been participating in for years. Yeah, and it was a downer to be like I'm they no felt really long- called out by you. Yeah, that- they've exactly, and so that's the dynamic. That's that that just is another dynamic in all of this. Like sometimes by doing by following your heart, doing the soft thing or whatever, yeah. or refusing to do the quote unquote, not soft thing um, because it no longer jives with what you really care about or believe in. Like sometimes that can feel judgy and preachy and holier than thou mm-hmm. to your friends who are, you know, still doing these things that like, you know, for some know. reason that really bums me out. Like I hear what you're saying and yeah. I, I agree with you and like, and then it just feels really, it's like, what a crappy choice to have to make. Like be yourself or tone yourself down so you can hold on to these friendships. Like, I get it. Yeah. I mean, look, I think, honestly, I think in that situation, there was a more simple solution, uh-huh. which is for me to have just been like, yo, too bit like a white lie solution. Yeah. Yo, too busy this year. Sorry, sorry, guys. Can't do it. You know, and, and you know, and like, for example, I am um, a pescatarian, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I used to, love yeah meat and i loved all kinds of meat uh, yeah I, I i loved meat so much that like i once like very enthusiastically like had this whole plan that i proposed to my friend who's going to be a guest on the show uh-huh. uh uh that we should have a meat grilling club where like every week like a different person like buys some awesome meat and we yeah. grill it in the backyard yeah and i don't eat meat anymore like and, deep commitment to and meat. you know and and i do honestly one of the things i feel saddest about is that like I have a yearly reunion with some of my college friends and like a big part of that reunion is a dinner where everyone has a barbecue and yeah. I, I'm always the fucking guy with like the sad piece of fish <laughs> when everyone else is like grubbing ribs, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, but I miss the camaraderie yeah. of, um, and I miss that camaraderie. Like I even like, um, I wrote this whole, uh, thing, uh, like 
when I was reading um, the Iliad uh-huh. um, in grad school, like, uh-huh. uh, like literally every other scene in the Iliad is like they have a battle and yeah. then afterwards they like They're celebrate like feasting with some by, like, lambs or by, something. Like, eating, yeah, by like killing a lamb or a goat and then like roasting it. And yeah. then like Homer just describes like how delicious the juicy roasted meats are <laughs> and how much they're all bonding over it. And you know, and I, and I miss that stuff, but like I, but, but anyway, my point is simply that like I try to wear the like pescatarian thing lightly. I am doing it for reasons that like are reasons that I care about morally. Like I don't, I don't um, like the idea of killing animals anymore, mm-hmm. and I make a stupid exception for fish because <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> but um, but uh, but I'm not. But I don't go around like trying to get other dudes to to uh, or making dudes feel bad about themselves. So, oh man, like there you go eating your barbecue right. again. Like I don't do that. You're just you asking know. for that friendship to be over. If you're yeah, doing exactly, that. Yeah. exactly. So um, and I think look, I think like the like the kinds of categories I'm talking about are specifically like I have chosen not to partake in these kind of hyper-masculine activities of like, you know, grilling meats together and watching football um, for, for my own personal, like, you know, moral reasons that I've, you know, um, and, uh, but those, I guess those are slightly different kinds of categories than like, for example, um, is the person I love and I like this really like, yeah, or like, or like, I've just decided that I really, really, really love, um, you know, uh, knitting sweaters or whatever. And um, but I'm terrified to like admit that to my friends or mm. to like, like every time a friend comes over, I have to like put the sweater away. But if they weren't there, I would be knitting. You know, I would be yeah. like crocheting or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's a, such a dumb example. <laughs> that's a great example. <laughs> <laughs> I actually would love to be able to knit. I think it would be a very soothing activity. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Sasha was up late last night, like right. doing that anyway. But, um, but, uh, you know, so that maybe that's like a, a, a better example where it's like, nobody would be like threatened by me knitting a sweater because they, they wouldn't would give feel, you a hard time. They right? would give me a hard time and call me soft, but they wouldn't be like, you're soft and you're making me feel right, bad about you, the yeah, fact I that I don't knit sweaters, yeah. you know, whereas the football thing is like, I am making you feel bad about the fact that you still watch mm-hmm. this, you know, game that is giving a million people concussions. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're bad um, because of this. Yeah. But I think I, the point I'm just trying to make is that I think, um, is that I think these are, these are, these are tricky, uh, balances to make like in an ideal world. Um, uh, no dudes would, would be uh, judgmental of like how people express them, th- their humanity and like everything would be on the table and, you know, and no one would right. get made fun of for anything. Uh, we're not there yet. And, you know, and I think, I think there's like, I'm just wary of us using this platform to constantly be like, yeah, you should just always go with your heart, bro. Yeah. And like, forget what all your friends are right. saying. Cause that could end up, causing someone to be a lonely lonely dude you totally know? totally yeah that there's still value in having those relationships it doesn't feel good to me to be like be less of yourself but i hear what you're saying it's just sort of like if if this really is like um if this is just gonna be something that comes up and makes you the butt of jokes yeah. or something like that then like i get like sort of just don't bring it up as much because you don't want to be that person in, in these relationships. And if they're going to relentlessly give you a hard time, then yeah, then maybe you need to think about finding different friendships. Cause that's not 
nobody wants to be just like a loser in their friend's eyes. But yeah, if you can find a way to sort of not like hold on to the good parts of the of the relationship, yeah, while acknowledging that like that's not okay, that's shitty that you have to do that. Um, do you think we should? I'm just seeing what, where we are for time. Oh, we're at, it's three fifty three. Um, yeah. Should we like? Do we need to summarize like what our advice is for this guy? I feel like we've kind of hit all of the. Yeah. What, can you read what were his three questions? Um. They were. Is this okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is this a normal relationship, and how do I figure that out? Uh huh. What do I do about this? The what do I do about this is Who's about his friends. Is about his friends. Uh, acting weirded out by the relationship. Yeah. Um, so is this relationship okay? What do you think? It sounds okay to me because he has said, for the most part, I have to admit, I really like it. In fact, it feels like this is what I've been missing my whole life. Like it sounds like there's a lot that feels more than okay. Yeah. So, uh, so as long as you are really enjoying it and feeling like you are um, uh, consciously um, submitting to this in, a, in an affirmative way, like not being cajoled, which you're, you're so, sounds like you're a pretty self-aware person. You know when you're being forced to do something versus when you're volu- when you're voluntarily doing something, mm-hmm. you know, like, so as long as it, it, it is something that um, you're choosing to do and it's not hurting you or her. Obviously to me, that's okay. Yeah. And I think we've sort of been talking around this, but I guess I'm assuming you're, you're also thinking what I'm thinking, which is the only point of concern here is you're with someone where like there's such a sort of intentional power imbalance here that it's like probably some people would worry, is this abusive? Right, like, yeah. it, like, is it veering? Is she? Is is there's a difference between someone making the decisions and like controlling your life to the point where it's like a form of abuse, right? You know, like, like financial abuse when someone just like tells you how much money you can spend and things like that. Right. So um, obviously, you need to pay attention to that and be really clear with yourself about this is just something I like versus um, I'm really being controlled and, and my decisions, like my, my will is being ignored. I don't have agency. Yeah. Yeah. And just keep tabs on it. Yeah. I mean, that's all you have. That's all he has to do. Just like, uh, you know, he'll, he'll know it when he sees it. If it starts to cross the line into like, okay, this is, this is no longer, um, fun for me and this is starting to feel authoritarian yeah it doesn't sound like it's authoritarian yet yeah and like a really good way to tell would be like do you feel scared you know like if you want to do something and you feel scared about upsetting your partner that's really different from like oh i really like this yeah you know yeah Yeah, So, so i would pay attention to that um so his other question is um so that was is this okay and is this a normal relationship and how do i figure that out right we've addressed that mm-hmm. uh, and then he says I also notice my friends are a little weirded out by this relationship they're polite but I can tell something is off what do I do about this um, 
I think uh, do what we all wish we could do with our friends and uh, maybe see them more often without your girlfriend, um, which is always good to do to nurture a friendship. And I would kind of like let it go for right now, unless it, unless it grows into something where you're really, they're embarrassing you or humiliating you. Yeah. Also, the, the, you're still in the nascent stage of this relationship. It's totally. only been going for six months. So yeah. like, don't make big decisions yeah. about your friendships because of a six-month relationship. I mean, not to call you out, but you didn't like me when I was first dating Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. So, uh, uh, and, um, and, 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 you know, sometimes it takes a little while to like somebody's partner. Totally. So your friends may end up really liking this person. You know, look, yeah. she's obviously giving off a strong first impression. And mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of people, it's an unusual first impression to... You know, in like a straight couple, I guess. In a straight couple to see the woman, you know, uh, older uh, woman, older woman who's making a lot of the decisions. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I would say, like, you know, get, give them time to get to know her. Mm-hmm. And, but yes, also, like, try to hang out without your. I definitely used to get annoyed when I was younger. This is the kind of thing that I would be annoyed at at 24, but wouldn't be at 38 yeah like when i was younger like having the friend who like could not show up without his partner yeah you know yeah it's like come on like occasionally just hang out alone i miss you you. yeah Yeah, exactly and and especially if it's a new partner that's the other thing factor in all this to to Mm -hmm. just be a little uh sympathetic to the friends here with a new partner it's annoying because there is a lot of performance going around around uh, going on around new partners. Like you're so into the relationship. You're so into the relationship. You're trying so hard to please them yeah. and to be like so romantic all the time. And yeah. you're not really yourself. Yeah. And like, I definitely have like, um, it's horrible to watch. Yes. Without calling out any names, <laughs> definitely have friends and have had friends who just seem like so sycophantic to their partners yeah. in the early <laughs> stages. And it's just like, come on. Like, uh-huh. You know, and um, yeah, you should own that. Like yeah. in terms of being a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I don't really think I think your solution, Avi, is a good one that he doesn't really have to do anything about this other than, you know, hang out with them alone a little bit and give them some time and, you know, to to get to know your partner. And, yeah. And I think just to make it explicit, the last thing we're sort of talking about is like you may think that your partners are are your partners that your friends are being weird because of this relationship. But like, there are a lot of plausible reasons for why there's tension there. Yeah. And, and just make sure you're being a good friend too. Yeah. I think, I think in general, a lot of questions like this, um, that, um, uh, will come up, I'm sure throughout the podcast are, are questions revolving around like, um, should you take a stand uh, you know, against something that you think is like uh, beha- against behavior by somebody that you think is like being, you know, um, repressive or, you know, enfor- enforcing bullshit mm-hmm. macho norms or whatever. Yeah. Or should you just like be silent or should you tell a white lie or whatever? Yeah. I think these are tricky things. And honestly, like, um, you know, my general, um, bias in these situations is inaction uh-huh. but i but i i don't want that to be um like honestly i 
part of what I want to work on myself, especially after, you know, in the wake of, um, you know, me too, is like not just being inactive and yeah. like letting things go all the time. Cause that is how I've acted most of my life. Yeah. And, you know, um, both of us recently listened to, um, uh, death, sex and money podcast yeah. with, um, Kiese Lehman on. And he said something that was, that was moving to me where he talked about, you know, witnessing, you know, a really, uh, you know, bad thing that his friends did to, to yeah. one of his female friends when yeah. they were young and how he didn't participate in it but he also didn't like stand up and tell them to stop. And right. he called, he, he said, he, he used it, said something like we need to step out of the good dude closet yeah. where we think we're good dudes, but like You're maybe we haven't taken, yeah. taken any affirmative actions to do anything yeah. to be a good dude. We just haven't participated in the bad stuff. Right. And so I do, I do think that like, I want to, I want to push myself to, um, not always take the path of least resistance. Yeah. But I do think obviously, there are going to be times where like, like in this time it would not be appropriate for this guy to get up and give like a lecture yeah, about how his friends need to fucking appreciate the fact that like women are allowed. <laughs> this is to, an like, unconventional <laughs> relationship yeah, exactly. and you sexist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause this, and, and the obvious reason you shouldn't do that is like the stakes aren't that high and no one's being abused and no, nobody's being like, like his friends are sort of gently, you know, showing discomfort. Like no one's being attacked or, but, but I think the stakes get higher when people are at, when like somebody's safety is, you know, at stake. You know? You're reminding me, I may cut this out, but, um, we were talking about this before we started recording. So one of the first times that, um, my wife, but she was then my new girlfriend came to visit my parents and they made us stay in separate rooms and I got outraged at my parents and lectured them and was like, I'm an adult. Like, you know, I have sex. You need to like respect <laughs> that. <laughs> and they were just like, no. <laughs> and it was in hindsight, very cringeworthy yeah. and embarrassing. Yeah. And you just should like slow down before you take a strong stance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so another thing I'll, I'll probably talk about, um, periodically on, on the podcast is is mindfulness i've been practicing meditation for about like six years now and i'm pretty serious about it and um and i've gone on on week-long retreats totally silent week-long retreats and things like that and um one of the one of the the kind of when you get really um you know deep into mindfulness you start to learn about buddhism mm -hmm. um i mean it, it it all comes from that yeah. and um and one of the, the, the principles of um, the kind of Buddhism that, have, that informs the mindfulness meditation that I do um, is uh, a principle called wise speech. Mm -hmm. And um, these are all translated words that are imperfectly translated from yeah. an ancient Indian language called Pali. But why, wise speech is, um, or, or actually the, the, the translation more commonly used is right speech, but that's an even more problematic word <laughs> in English, right? But um, but there are all these categories for like what qualifies as wise or right speech. Um, you know, is is it something that like is the thing that you're about to say true? So that's important. Mm -hmm. Don't say it if it's a lie, right? Um, but then like, is the other person ready to hear it? Right. Or are they going? Or, or is it pretty clear that they're not in a place to hear it and are thus going to just reject what you're saying? 
Um, you know, I so, really like that because, like, yeah, you really have to give that some thought. Like, that's not uh, you can't just like. Is it true? That's easy to answer. Yeah, probably. But like that second one, yeah, like you really have to like ponder that for more than a moment. Right. And then connected to that question is, is it the right time? Uh-huh. So like they might be the right person to hear it, yeah. but it just might be the wrong time of day for them yeah. to hear it or the wrong time of the week or whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, and, and so, <laughs> so, you know, so, so I think sometimes that might be like a, a way to inform mm-hmm. whether or not somebody should, um, you know, should, should, should say something should versus, or not. versus yeah. not, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and obviously then there are situations in which like it may not be the right time and they may not be ready to hear it, but the situation may be so dire that like you just must do something, right? you know, and, uh, because some, because there's something dangerous or like truly fucked up happening, you know? Yeah. So anyway, these are all, these are all things to, we'll come back to, them to work out. But yeah. the, the clear, the clear thing is like a lot of these questions are not going to, are not going to be, um, super easy uh, yeah, you know, um, black and white. Right. Uh, That's not this kind of advice. Answers. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So, um, uh, I want to ask you, this is our first podcast yeah. and, um, we're going to have a bunch of different guests on mm-hmm. and I want to ask you the question that I want to ask yeah. uh, our guests at the end of uh, the podcast. Um, uh, what, what is, um, a piece of advice that you got in your life that um, you never forgot and that you found, you know, helpful. Yeah. So, um, I guess I, I come back to this one every now and then. I, I guess it always just made an impression on me, which is when I was 16 or 17 and was in therapy myself with a therapist who meant a lot to me. And I was about to more or less like, I was going to have like a casual hookup and, uh, and he was worried about me and he said, don't take so many cold showers that you can't feel a hot one. And I guess it always, what I took from it was just to like, to honor like the relationships and big moments have value and you should not, you should not numb yourself or just get like notches in your belt. Um, that you need to sort of savor savor these experiences because they matter. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just think about it a lot. Um, what about for you? Do you have one in, in your? I mind? have a million, uh, and um, and uh, but I think one that I was just talking about with my wife today that um, this is less advice and more just a piece of wisdom that I got from one of the. Uh, teachers at at the uh meditation center that i go to um which which i found um more to just be be moving and um and and helpful to think about which is which is that like all human beings who have ever lived have died or will die Mm -hmm. and that fact of our mortality should instantly make us like so much more connected with everyone in the world that, than, than we are. Yeah. You know, the fact that we have that much in common, yeah. like, cause that is the biggest thing ever to have in common. Yeah. The fact that, that we're all going to die someday. And, yeah. um, and like, you know, if, even if it's like somebody that you like 
wildly disagree with or think is like a distasteful person. Like, yeah. if you really reflect for a second that like both of you are terrified about the fact that like someday you're going to be gone. Yeah. Um, it can really connect you to other people and make you just way more sympathetic to them. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know. I've thought about that um, a fair amount. And, um, you know, just that like, no matter how much we don't have in common, that is like a titanically enormous thing to have in common. You know what I mean? All right, everyone. That's it for our show this week. Uh, as always, if you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at heymanpod at gmail.com or even better, give us a call. Leave us a message at 917-426-4326. We'd love to uh, put your voice on the show. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at heymanpod. And please, uh, if you have a moment, especially since this is a new podcast, uh, give us a review wherever you uh, get your podcasts. It really helps other people find out about the show. Thanks so much and talk to you next week.